Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McClain here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what we got coming on the show today. BYU Women's Hoops is fourth in the WCC, but could they keep climbing to the top with the help of the double-double queen, Lauren Gustin? Plus, BYU 6'4 forward Emma Calvert joins us to discuss playing for her new head coach, Amber Whiting, her renewed role on the team, and what the game plan is as the regular season winds down. But first, the men's hoops team has been here, there, and everywhere this season. But with St. Mary's looming, where do they go from here? Cleon, if you had to go one-on-one with Lauren Gustin or Fusini Traore, who would you pick? This is is not good. I mean, either way, I... I, I, (laughs) I can't win in answering this, this question. This is not good. I, I can't win in answering this question. I'm going to lose to both people. And if I pick one of them, it looks like I'm ducking the other one. I, can I get a can I tag team with like Emma uh Calvert no. or Atiki Ali Atiki? No? Okay. Um No, you can't. Okay, nope. both both players are gonna smoke me. All right? That's that's just a fact, okay. right, Lauren? They're gonna smoke me. Yes. Unless yes. I can hit some threes. Absolutely. Um and I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm old and slow, so I'm probably going to pull several muscles playing against either of them. Uh, is there such thing as a one-man zone? Can I do that? <laughs> nope. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pick Foose. Here's why. Because when he swings his elbows, because he's six foot six, I'm hoping yeah. he'll. I can duck and he'll swing over me and he won't hit me in the side of the head. Uh, <laughs> Plus, he's really skilled in the post, so maybe this game will get over with quickly. So that's why I'm picking. That's why I'm going to pick Foose. Yeah. So you're saying Lauren is too close to your height, so her <laughs> elbows actually may hit you in the head, whereas it, Foose may go over your head. I it, got it. It that's is a hap- good game plan. It, it has happened before uh, against guys that are about uh, guys and women that are about um, Lauren's height. So I'm going to go with the taller guy, get the game over with quick, say thanks a lot, and uh, walk off saying <laughs> I played against Foose. I would love to see that happen. Well, speaking of the men's basketball team, they've provided us with the opportunity to feel every emotion possible this season. The only thing missing is a huge conference win. I feel like they have that usually year in and year out, but they haven't yet this year. Saturday's game against St. Mary's has to be it. It's BYU's last chance to make a splash in the WCC regular season. So, Cleon, does BYU need a big win like this to feel confident heading into the conference tournament? Uh, in a word, yes. Uh <laughs> And I'm done. Go ahead, Lauren. No, I'm just teasing with you. Uh, And back to you. I I think in reality, what they need is momentum. And St. Mary's is part of that. So it'd really be nice if they get a win against St. Mary's and then go on and get a win the following week in the final home basketball game against San Francisco. You know, this is the same team that won six games in a row. Mm -hmm. And that first win was over Creighton. And Creighton's in the top 25. Yeah, yeah, I know that game got a bit ugly at the end, but they won the game. Then they reeled off five more wins, including victories over Utah and Weber State, who are both pretty good in their conferences. These guys just need to see something positive right now. And I think if they they can win those last few games before getting into the conference season, including a win over St. Mary's, I I think that's gonna that's really really going to benefit them. And just like you talked about, they got to beat one of the best teams in the conference. And this is their last shot, mm-hmm. playing St. Mary's. Um, they may face them again in the conference tournament, so you need some sort of you know positive momentum going forward. Um, let's admit it, Lauren, this team's really not great on offense. That's my opinion. And, right. this is th- and I'm saying that even though they scored 81 points at Gonzaga. 
but they're not great on offense. There's some games they just can't shoot from the outside. Defense, which they'd like to hang their hat on, has disappeared in some games. I think the talent's there. It just They just need a good outcome to show that they're a good team. They're not a great team, but they're a good team that's dangerous. So if they can get just on a little bit of a roll, including a win over St. Mary's, like I talked about, I think everything will be, I don't know about fine, but at least it, it gives you hope. I like that description of them being a dangerous team. I think that's extremely accurate because it's like one of those one of those people that you're really scared of because you have no idea <laughs> what you're going to get from day to day on. Like a little bipolar, if you will. So yeah, I think they're an extremely dangerous team. I think it'd be nice for them to get that one against St. Mary's. Normally I would say absolutely, but I think this team is capable of of anything on any given night for better or for worse. So even if they don't get that huge one against St. Mary's, you never know what you're going to get in the conference tournament. What I think the team really needs is to prove themselves is that they can finish a tight game down the stretch and come out on top. Tournament play gets gritty. It gets scrappy. And the Cougars need to be ready to claw their way to the top in the tournament because that's how it's going to go down. And you have to be able to finish games to make that happen. There's no better game to prove that than against top-seeded St. Mary's on Saturday. So I, I think that would be a great opportunity for BYU. But like I said, you never know what you're going to get with them. So who has been your favorite and most consistent player to watch in this inconsistent season? That's, that's interesting. I, I was going to automatically say Dallin Hall. But consistency okay. uh, consistency really hasn't been there for Dallin. I, I've loved what I've seen yeah. from Dallin this year, right? You, he I, is young, though. Yes. Very young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've loved what I've seen from him. I mean, he's hit a couple of game-winning shots. Um, I, I like what I I like I, I like the potential of Dallin Hall. I guess I guess I should say, but consistency has not been his forte. I think that's going to come the more he plays. So, because you said consistent and favor, I'm, I think I'm going to say Spencer Johnson. Um, hmm. He he's a guard who shoots 51 percent from the field. Again, a guard who shoots 51 percent from the field. He's 47% from behind the three-point line. That's incredible. He's second on the team in steals, and he always brings it. Yeah, he really has been fantastic for the team. The guy for me is Foos, Cleon. He's He averages 13 points a game, eight rebounds a game. You know what you're going to get night in and night out from Foos. He's a force to be reckoned with underneath. He's so strong, and he plays taller than he actually is. He's 6'6", and like he, he basically plays center position so a lot of guys are are a lot taller than him but you would you wouldn't know it watching him play he's he's just incredible incredible rebounder I think he's uh now 10th on the list on offensive rebounds in BYU history I think he's been the glue to the team this year he's been the constant that his teammates and the coaches can look to each game to show up and give his lol he hasn't had many off nights this season. Can you even think of any? No, I can't. I legitimately, I can't think of any off nights that Fusa has had this season. And I don't think BYU can afford to, to for him yeah. to have off nights. I mean, if I he agree. has an off night, BYU's in big trouble, especially offensively, I would say. And you mentioned uh, Spencer Johnson's injuries. Fusa has been dealing with some ankle injuries, but he just kind of has been toughing it out. You'll see him, you'll see him hobbling around here and there. And I think he's getting better, but yeah, he's, he's just fantastic. I think he's, he's uh, toughed it out and he's, he's just showed up every single night. So what do you think needs to change for Mark Pope as he's entering the big 12 next season? If any, Ooh, I, I would probably just say, they need more talent. Maybe maybe that's a, a nice yeah. excuse that I could use, uh, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I like all of these guys on this team. They all have unique stories, and they're fun, but I just think that they 
you know, some of these guys, they either really need to improve or they need new guys. And when I say improvements, they need more consistent shooting um, or better yeah. defense, uh, better handling of the ball. It, it'd be great if they had at least one more guy that could break down defenses. Um, mm-hmm. Really, that's and that might be hard to find in college basketball to find two guys like that. Right now, their one guy that can do that, in my opinion, is Rudy Williams. He's really the only consistent guy who can take the ball to the hole. Also, maybe look like he's taking the ball to the hole. You know, back up and and shoot a shot. Yeah. And so he's your one guy that can do that on BYU right now, and he's going to graduate. That yeah, that's bad news. Oh, scary. Yeah, it is. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Now maybe Dallin Hall turns out to be that guy, but I, I yeah. sometimes I just don't know if he can get past guys the way that Rudy can. He can use his body very effectively, so he might be that guy of the future. But I even if he is, I still think they need to find someone else. the The one other thing I thought of that that would be really cool is <laughs> I'll say they need to hire Terry Nashif to just diagram <laughs> out of bounds plays for them. He, he coached during Dave Rose's era and mm-hmm. coach Nashif just came up with some really, really cool out of bounds plays. And I, and I just don't see that with this BYU team. I see so many turnovers on inbounds player, just toss it into the guy who's holding off his guy. Now, maybe right. they don't do that because they're not thinking that way and they have their minds on other things, or maybe the players just don't have the talent or the IQ. or I, I really don't know, but it, it'd be fun to find I, – I, that's very granular when I talk about that, saying <laughs> they need better out-of-bounds plays. But it, it, I loved some of his out-of-bounds plays that led to really easy baskets. Well, and you're right about that because out-of-bounds plays have led to- – for points for the other team and for turnovers that have changed the game, uh, especially down the stretch for some of these close games. So I, I, I mean, I think you're right there. A little more creativity there. Uh, listen, Clan, I ain't about to tell the coaches how to do their job. <laughs> I think they're no. They're, go ahead. That's your job. They're yeah. Then let me tell you exactly, Coach. Uh, here's what you need to do. No, I think BYU will naturally start bringing in more high school talent and better transfer portal recruits when they enter the Big Twelve. I think that'll make a big difference. Uh, hopefully, more of the top LDS players across the country will pick BYU now that they're in the best basketball conference of the country. They get to play teams like Kansas, Baylor, Houston, Kansas State, year in and year out, and. Uh, I mean, and, and there's not always a huge um, pool of great LDS talent out there either. So, so it's going to be tough. It's it's going to be tough. Mark Pope is in. A, I think he's in a really difficult position as as well as Kalani Satake. But Mark Pope, especially because the the basketball side of the Big Twelve is just unreal. I think Mark Pope's a great coach who's trying out some new things this year, and there there's been some growing pains. Pains, but I hope he he sticks with BYU for a long time because I see nothing but progress and growth in BYU's program with him at the helm. So we'll see what happens. You look at the top three in the NCAA right now, Cleon, Alabama, Houston, and Purdue. It's not the usual blue bloods you usually see at the top. You'll get different teams popping in and out of the top 25 for sure, but, but maybe not the, you know, in the top 10 BYU has been one of those teams many, many times throughout its history. They made it to the sweet 16 in 2011. And I believe they made it in the top 10 with Jimmer Fredette and the elite eight with Danny Ainge back in the eighties with BYU entering the big 12. Do you think BYU men's basketball could become nationally relevant and possibly, dare we say, win a title one day? I think it'd be nice if they just made it to the Final Four. I mean, that I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that would be a huge feat if they just made it to the Final Four one time. I mean, how, how, how much would we grasp onto that like we're grasping onto Danny Ainge and his Elite Eight 
uh, run uh, by beating Notre Dame on an amazing shot. In the 80s. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so uh, I, I really think BYU needs to hit on the right guys. And here's what I mean by that. I think they need to be more like a Villanova rather than a Kentucky or a North Carolina. Don't go after the one-and-dones. And, and we're really actually starting to see fewer and fewer, and fewer uh, one-and-done players because they have other avenues rather than go to some of the Blue Blood schools right now. They can now right. go play for the NBA G League or or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think what you want to find are good players who are going to want to stick around and want to see things through. They need to, as I said before, they really need two good playmakers. Uh, find some yeah. good shooters. Find some guys who can play perimeter defense. See if you can find some good shot blockers. Um, maybe find some diamond in the rough recruits who could who could develop into good players. I say if you want to look at teams that maybe they could emulate, I think of Villanova and Virginia, and not because they both start with the letter V. It's because they're non-traditional <laughs> powers. They they have guys that yeah. are drafted and play in the NBA, but none of them are superstars. They they have good solid role players who flourished in college, and those guys know how to run an offense. They know how to take up the whole entire shot clock if they need to, if their shot is not there. And then in reality, they know how to play good team defense. So I think if you look to a Villanova or a Virginia or a team like that and say, this is how we're going to build our team, I think that's the way they become nationally uh, relevant again. And you know, another team they could look at is Gonzaga. True, true. Uh, yes. They've been doing the exact same thing as as those two teams have been doing. And in the small smoke, uh, Spokane, Spokane, Washington, um, I just d- does BYU go more the international route, right? That, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's and they've done that a before lot of too. Gonzaga, yes, they have. So they they need to figure it out, right? Like, and that's not our job. Our job is to just watch and be fans and have a good time and talk about it. But I hope they can figure it out. BYU will always be in a difficult position when it comes to recruiting. They're a church school with very specific rules with the honor code that a lot of potential recruits, big recruits might and will be turned off by. There's a very strong culture in Provo that could also be a turnoff to some. Do I think they'll start getting better recruits coming in regardless? Absolutely. But I don't know if BYU will ever be getting the kind of guys that Kansas, Duke, and Virginia get. I, I don't know. BYU, I think, will have a couple of years where they come in and surprise the nation like they did with Jimmer Fredette, uh back in 2011. But to be nationally relevant year in and year out will be a very difficult feat for BYU. I would love to be wrong, and I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong. We'll see what happens. All right, Cleon, let's chat about women's basketball for a minute. They're currently fourth in the WCC, and after a rough start to the season, I think it's fantastic that they're in the position they're in. And honestly, they have the potential to keep climbing the ranks with San Francisco, Portland, and Gonzaga still on the schedule. The star of the show clearly this year has undoubtedly been junior Lauren Gus. She's had a career-high 30 points against Pepperdine last week, and she's the first player this year in both men and women's college basketball in any division to hit 400 points and 400 rebounds. Where does Lauren Gus rank among the all-time greats that have come through BYU, Cleo? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Yeah. If I'm going to be generous, I'm going to say top 20. Um, yeah. I think that's still really good to be a top, you know, in the top 20 of BYU basketball players. That that's that's saying a lot. I mean, she has no quit in her. She is constantly hustling. She is playing 38 minutes a game right now on average, I believe. I think it is 38. So she's only wow. getting on average 2 minutes worth of rest. And in in reality, that's because <laughs> there've been games that have been blowouts that where she's got more rest in the tight games. She's playing usually the whole entire game. Um, the reti- yeah. you know this team relies on her so much for scoring and rebounding. The only reason I don't rank her higher is just just because she's not a natural scorer or shooter or whatever you want to say. 
but she yeah. has made herself invaluable to this team. I I give a hats off to her for you know coming back, playing for this team when they were so young, and she has turned herself into a star. Maybe not a a star like a scoring star, but just an all around good player. Yes, and she's carrying this team on her back. After BYU having such an incredible season last year, like you said, how cool that she decided to come back. I just, I love that so much. Uh, she's just the third BYU women's player to have 400 rebounds, 400 points in a season behind. Tina Gunn Robinson, if you remember her, she's she's uh, one of the best women's players to come through the program. And Jennifer Hampson. At 6'1", Lauren Gustin is one of the best rebounders BYU has ever seen. Jennifer Hampson is 6'7", to put that into context. So I think that's pretty amazing what Lauren's been able to do. And it proves how good the team was uh, last year. That she, I mean, you heard about Lauren, and she did great things last year, but she definitely wasn't uh, on the top of every list, you know, like she is this year. It's because the team was just so incredible last year. So hats off to her. She is She's doing fantastic, and I hope the women's basketball team can just keep climbing up those ranks. Coming up, Lauren Gustin's front court friend Emma Calvert joins us to chat about shooting threes and shooting for the stars as BYU's time as a member of the WCC winds down. This is Cougar Tailgate. The women's basketball team is on the home stretch of conference play before gearing up for their very last WCC tournament ever in Las Vegas. And joining us now is star sophomore forward Emma Calvert. Thanks for coming on with us, Emma. Of course. Thanks for having me. You were a freshman last year and you were playing behind an amazing group of fifth year seniors and had a great run. One of the best in BYU women's basketball history. In what ways has your role changed since last season? Um, I think a lot of ways just because that group of seniors was just so dominant and they were in for most of the game, which was, which was a good thing. Cause they were just such an amazing group. They played so well together last year. I was more of a, um, I would come in off the bench if somebody needed some help, if we had a different matchup that would work better, if we just needed a sub to give one of the posts a rest for a minute, which, which was good. It worked. But uh, this year, I feel like it's it's changed just a little bit because I I am a starter now. Um, I do like I pull I stretch the floor a little bit more for Lauren to because I can shoot on the outside, so it it helps Lauren to um, clear up the middle a little bit for her moves. So that's always good, and it's just it's just good that whole dynamic with having two posts that can finish. It's really hard to guard, so. I, I want to go back to the upperclassmen. How how did they influence you to get better and to transform into the player you are right now? Yeah, I I was really fortunate to be able to play against them every day. I played against quite a few of them. I would defend most of them in practice every day. And Tegan was such an amazing shooter. If you gave her any room at all, she'd hit a three in your face. So I think <laughs> I think that made me become a little bit better of a defender and just learn how to close out higher or react to different different people's strengths, things like that. And then playing against Lauren and Sarah, just having really strong bodies there to help me get better at posting up. And then also just finishing around Sarah's just long arms was really a lot different for me because I'm used to being like the tallest one out there. So that that did help a lot. Um help me with my finishes and things like that. So 
you mentioned that you and Lauren Gustin uh, make up the front court and that you you kind of stretch the court a little bit more so she can do her moves underneath. What's it been like playing alongside her this year? I mean, it's great. I I do love playing the outside, but I also I love posting up inside, and I'm like she does too so much. But we, I think both of us are really good at seeing each other in the post and giving the ball like right when it's there. We've talked to each other quite a bit of just we know where we want the ball, like where I would want the ball is where I throw it to her, which is just a really good dynamic because it just helps us with finishing quicker or seeing the weak side and things like that. So She seems pretty serious when she's on the court. Is she like that all the time? Does she loosen up or what's it like guarding her even in practice? Is she pretty super serious then or does she kind of lighten things up when you guys are in practice together? Um, yeah, Lauren, Lauren's very serious. She takes the game really seriously, which I admire a lot because off the court, she's super funny, super lighthearted. She can, she jokes around all the time, but as soon as it's game time, as soon as it's time to practice, she, she focuses really well and she pulls our team together super, super quick and just keeps everybody focused on the game, which, which is really cool. You guys have a brand new head coach this year, Coach Amber Whiting, but she's not new to you because she began as your AAU coach, I think in elementary school, junior high, right? Along with Amari on the roster as well. And now she's mm. your coach in college. What's that been like for you? I mean, it was super cool to just find out that she was going to coach me again when in the summer when we found out it was her, I was, I think I was the only one that knew who she was. And it was kind of exciting for me just because I've been coached by her before. I know how she coaches and she knows how I play. So that was kind of already just like established beforehand, which was super helpful. But I just, I've liked her coaching style ever since I was coached by her when I was younger. And she's really, she's just a really good coach. So I was on board from the start. What What is her coaching style like compared to Coach Judkins? Yeah, she she's really good at, um, breaking things down for us she focuses a lot on defense which I think she's talked about in like quite a few interviews and things like that I, we're we're really focused on defense which is, I think is a really good thing but we we like to do breakdown drills or um, things to just let us like hone in on one singular thing that we need to get better at um, so I think that's really cool that we can get better at specific things and then at the end of practice just put it all together and play with each other so so would you say since she's been your coach for so long is she a tougher coach or harder on you now than she was when you were younger or is she about the same um I think I don't know how to compare the two just because when I was younger she was she was still hard on me but I wasn't as um skilled as I am now I guess so she can hold me Mm -hmm. to a higher standard at this point which I think is a good thing so in a sense, she's kind of the same amount of hard on me, but it's just different because of um, I just wasn't as good back then. So she held me to the standard of what I was back then, and now she's holding me to a higher standard, which I really appreciate, and she coaches me hard too. So, Okay, you mentioned that you are playing a stretch four position right now, but you also said, hey, I really like playing down in the post. Do you prefer one over the other? Do you like having that flexibility right now that you could actually score from wherever you want on the floor? No, yeah, I think it's I think it's super helpful. I 
in high school, I was not a very good shooter up until my senior year. And we had a girl come in that was taller than me. So I just figured I like I needed to get out and be able to shoot. So that's when I kind of developed my three point range, which which has helped me a lot just because I can be an asset from anywhere on the court. But I really do love being inside just because that's where all my moves are and things like that. But it it is really good that I can stretch the floor and just be like a threat from anywhere. I can I don't have anyone like helping off me in a sense like to Lauren. So it hinders her. It's just, it's good to, that we can pull the floor like that. You're six, four, you can shoot the three, you can shoot from the perimeter and you're good underneath. Is there an aspect of your game that you're still wanting to develop a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. I think I, I could definitely get better at taking the ball like downhill when I get it on the three point line. Um, I can I can shoot right now, so if I'm open, as soon as somebody kicks out to me, then that's great. But I think it'd be really good, like a pump fake drive, um, just driving to the middle, driving, kicking. I I definitely can get better at that. So maybe you need to tap into to teammate Nani Falatea. By the way, you two have known each <laughs> other for some time. You, you, you've You've played against each other. Uh, you played in the state championship here in the state of Utah your senior year. What was it like when you played against each other? Was some trash talking going on? Did you throw an elbow at her face or anything like that? Or, and I'm joking when I say, did you throw no, an elbow at your, her no face? No trash talking. Neither of us really <laughs> trash talk anyway, so that just wasn't really there. But it was it was really fun to play against her, just because at that point we had both already committed to BYU, so we both knew like, hey, that's gonna be my teammate at some point. So, was anything that she did good or anything that I did good? It was. It was like, dang, because we're on opposite teams. But at the same time, like, hey, that's going to be my teammate. Like, that was a nice move by her. Like, just things like that. So that was just really fun. You're like threatening your own team. You're like, you better not hurt her or else because you're going to be teammates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that the two of you work pretty well together now that you're on the same team? Oh, for sure. I think Nani's just an amazing point guard at seeing. She's really very smart at seeing the whole floor which I think is very valuable in a point guard just because she knows where everyone's going to be if I'm going to roll if I'm going to pop where I'm going to go like what would be the best read and so she's really good at just like seeing that as it comes if that makes sense it does and you guys are wrapping up the regular season you just have a, a a few more games what's the mindset as you prepare for those big weeks to come at the end of this regular season yeah I think a major thing is we're we're still preparing for all the teams we're playing like we usually do. We we don't want to change anything, make anything different, but we do have to be careful of. Um, it's the end of the season. Everybody's super fatigued. Our bodies are falling apart, so we got to be careful of going hard enough that we get better and that we get ready for the next games, but not too hard as to where we're getting fatigued and tired all the time. We're talking to sophomore forward Emma Calvert from the BYU women's basketball team. Emma, I'm so excited for you guys. You guys just keep getting better and better, it seems, throughout the season. And and good luck uh, this last stretch and then in the WCC tournament. Thank you so much. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Emma Calvert for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.